RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Back on the 15th of August, we spoke with Robert Lee, Rotorua councillor on, remember, challenging the legality and safety of the government's fluoridation directive. And I think I might have to, well, maybe not eat words, but, uh, and I'm sure Robert will remind me, I was skeptical that, um, that the outcome that everyone wanted would happen. Robert is back with us now from Rotorua. And Robert, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a very good result, wasn't it? Um, I guess uh, we may have been fortunate with the right judge. I mean, sometimes uh, the High Court delivers the right answer and sometimes it doesn't. And uh, it's a very sound judgment that the court produced. And I think it's going to be pretty difficult for the Director General to uh, try and appeal this. Yeah. Yeah, you'd, you'd sort of um, you'd have to um, be very confident if you were to do that. And it seems now that um, the dominoes are kind of starting to fall. Uh, I remember chatting to you back then, and you did, um, if I remember rightly, you would say, hey, hang on, just wait and see, wait and see. Like, you, <laughs> did you have confidence even back then that this could be quite solid? Uh, yes, I did. I am in contact with the lawyer who's acting for New Health New Zealand, and... Um, so I was aware of the legal arguments that uh, she was running. I had checked and read the 2018 Supreme Court judgment, which was very informative. There's a lot going on in that judgment. And um, basically, I felt confident that it was a strong argument that they were running. So, um, but, uh, you know that doesn't necessarily mean you always get the right answer because uh, whenever you do litigation, you get to um, make your arguments, but you don't get to choose your judge and you don't get to write the decision. Right. Okay, so and just to remind us, the uh, crux of that was that uh, the Director General of Health at the time mandating to 14 councils, I believe, your one included, to fluoridate water and there were penalties for doing it, obviously capital costs, to make it happen, but penalties for not doing it, uh, and uh, that accumulated over time. It's uh, we hear that it was because there was no consideration of the Bill of Rights, like no account taken of it, which kind of blows you away to think that 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 would be so easily disregarded in this case, when it's obvious that it's compulsory medication of a delivery system of the primaries of life. Let's let's say. Well, it was it was very obvious to my hairdresser when I um, mentioned that uh, Rotorua was about to start fluoridating. She said, but "They can't do that. That's that's against our. We've got a right to refuse medication." But when you read the 2018 judgment, there's five judges of the Supreme Court agonising over this very question, and that was really the key thing that came out of that judgment, that yes, this is a medical treatment, and it's a compulsory medical treatment, and there's no option to opt out of it. Once it's in the water, you can't go to town and have a coffee without that coffee being fluoridated. It's, uh, it's, um, so it's a compulsory medical treatment, so therefore that should be should have been acknowledged by Dr. Ashley Blingfield that uh, that our rights are about to be violated, and he needed to provide a very good explanation and justification 
for why that's okay in a free and democratic society. That's backed up with really solid evidence, right, and contemporary evidence, not evidence from 50 years ago. So cool. Yes, I have a hard copy of the uh, evidence that's uh, come out of the United States in uh, May this year, and uh, it's very compelling, and yep. it's uh, it's up to date, and uh, it, fluoride is a neurotoxin, and 18 out of 19 high-quality studies found that it reduces IQ in seven-year-old children by an average of seven points. And that is significant. Um, just as, you know, 100 is an average IQ, 150 is a genius, 83 is the lowest IQ that the US military will hire people. Uh, they, they just can't work with people, yep. even the military, who have an IQ lower than that. And there's not much wiggle room between 100 and 83. Yeah, okay. So um, it, that was surprising that he would ignore that, though. I think you were on uh, a few days ago on TV after this with the dentists, and they're holding firm to the to the old comfy blanket or whatever. Comfy. Yeah, I was quite surprised. They're relying on uh, evidence from 1970, and I said, "Well, I've got evidence from May this year, and uh, not just one study, but uh, only counting the high quality ones. Uh, we've got 18 out of 19 studies saying this is dangerous stuff." It's a neurotoxin. How they react to that? Um, they didn't suddenly have an epiphany and say, oh, thank you for uh, bringing that to, to our attention. We changed our mind and we opposed fluoridation. No, they didn't say that at all. Do you think that, um, because p people worry here that, um, you know, it's, it's looked at again uh, by the current director general or whoever it will be, we're in a bit of a state of change at the moment and they say okay i have considered this but um i'm still going to go with it they have to come up to that compelling reason threshold don't they yeah a lot of people might not appreciate that it's easier said than done this is not just a tick box exercise this isn't just a copy and paste and then inserting an extra paragraph or two into the directives there's um He's got to give some serious thought as to how you can justify overriding people's rights. And given that there are alternatives to fluoridation that also achieve reduced uh, or improved oral health, and um, given the reasonable concerns that many in the community might have based on the latest scientific research, um, given those things, it's, it's going to be difficult to draft a justification. And, and I would say that when you look at the scientific evidence and when you look at the, uh, the drasticness of breaching a whole community's rights, and when you look at the fact that there are alternatives available, how could the Director-General in good faith actually issue a directive in the face of all of that once yeah. all of those considerations are, are weighed in the balance i'm not sure that he could okay the interesting thing hearing you say that is that you wonder how the previous director general like like i think i just touched on it before could make a move like this 
it, it calls into question how we've been, what, controlled, governed, administered, and the, and the sort of people that have been, have been lording it over us. It, it, it's kind of dodgy, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's um, predetermination um, is a word that springs to mind. Ideological is another that springs to mind. Um, but when you're a decision maker, as, as uh, we councillors are, and it was our responsibility to make this decision up until 2021, you know, in our case, we would have been making a decision for our local district. In his case, he's making uh, decisions for the whole of the country. So his decisions certainly deserve more scrutiny than even ours. Yeah. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of... Um, yeah, but, but wait on. To not be aware of the latest evidence, or if you are disregarding it, yeah. clinging on to something that's 50 years old, um, carrying on your form from the last three years because there are other stuff that we could have a chat to this man about, et cetera, et cetera. It's this... And, and a complete disregard for the understanding, do no harm, right, uh, of, of fundamental human and medical autonomy rights. There's something very wrong there. Uh, yes. I mean, how do they even get the job? <laughs> well, and again, the, the phrase power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. I have to say, having been a councillor for uh, just over a year now, I'm actually quite impressed with um, how democracy works from the inside. It's yep. actually pretty good. Well, that's good to hear. And um, it, it instills a sort of discipline in the staff that wouldn't exist if they didn't have to report to us. Right. And um, Keeps them honest. Oh, I could tell you if, if they didn't have those processes in place where the people get to appoint us, uh, as their representatives to spend their money, um, these guys would would be out of control because they do think they know best. They're confident yeah. that they know best. Yeah. And um, democracy provides that uh, representation by the people of the people for the people that uh, is um, is a circuit breaker. Okay. A circuit, well. circuit breaker of tyranny. Yeah. Yeah, circuit. That's all. Okay, just that little thing of being a circuit breaker of tyranny. That's good. Okay, so the mayor Tanya Tapsell, and I think uh, uh, the CEO of the council. The name escapes me. They, we heard that they announced that. Uh, you must have known that was kind of coming. So, um, is there is is there a new sort of energy about this issue now, where we're going to see, like I said before, the dominoes start. To fall, and given that you've said it's going to be very hard for them to make this case to keep this thing alive, so are we just going to see boom, 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 down they go? Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not waiting on the edge of my seat for them to have an epiphany and uh, admit that we're right. Uh, so I think they're going to fight it to the death by hook or by crook. Oh, so okay. whether that means dragging uh, one of the options open to them is to appeal the decision and uh, take it to the Court of Appeal, and then after that to the Supreme Court. But um, but in the meantime, no fluoride, no fluoride goes in, right? Well, not from Rotorua Council, no. Well, how could you even do it while this is a sort of no-man's land? Hey, I'm glad you asked that question, because I have heard that there are some other councils like Nelson who are going to continue with it at, at this point. 
But I would say this to those councils. Councils have no business acting unlawfully. They have no business bringing, uh, working on, progressing an unlawful order. When we get sworn in as elected members, we make a public declaration that we will act in the best interests of the district and lawfully, having regard to all the laws in, in the country. So, so when you get councils going off on a tangent and acting unlawfully, whoa, 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 slow down, buddies. Think about it. Isn't Nelson Nick Smith one of the most experienced politicians ever? Well, I know, yes, he is. Yes, he is the mayor down there. But uh, other than that, uh, yes, he's been around a long time. But and he, uh, I think he has a science background, though that could be a danger for. Yeah, this, this might be one of those fields where uh, what you learnt thirty years ago is not relevant anymore. Well, and also that if you don't have a degree, then you don't know anything, so you're not worth listening to anyway. There's that. I like to I like to tell people that uh, I'm not a scientist, but I can read. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, it's really cool, mm. and um, and I don't know who we say well done to. I guess to you and colleagues and everyone who's been making a noise, and um, and keeping the faith. There you go. Well, thank you very much. It's uh, it's um, been a delight to see uh, a little bit of momentum swing our way, or a little bit of a halt in their momentum. So, uh, be interesting to see what unfolds in the future. Round two. Round Coming two, soon. we won round one. Ding, yeah. ding. <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> the move okay. is on next, it's, uh, so we'll see what they do next. Can I be the ring announcer? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get ready to rumble. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> uh, body slam, whatever. Okay. Um, Robert Lee, Rotorua Councillor, thanks for coming back on RCR. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks very much for having me, Paul. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.